Welcome to the episode. With me today is Jay Shy. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I'm really excited to be on this episode. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I, I've been I've been listening to the to the podcast for the past two days. I found I found out about this podcast, and I was been like I, I was just excited that there's finally like podcast that's because I know there's one in French, but yeah, and English one is like very exciting for me. How did you find out about the podcast? I'm curious. By complete accident, to be honest with you, I, I found out by complete. But that's usually how things happen. It happens by accident, and then you know <laughs> things just bring us together. But I found out about the podcast from another YouTuber that I also found by complete accident, just searching up shmup things, and I came across it on a vlog from someone named Shmup Master. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I know the Shmup Master. Yeah, uh, I watched his vlog, and I just found his channel, and he mentioned, you know, your podcast, and I was like, what, there's a podcast for shmups? I was like, oh man, that sounds like fun. I was like, okay, let me go check this out. I listened to about five of your episodes in like a day. That's impressive because yeah. those bad boys are long. So <laughs> yeah, they're they're really long, and I I work like ten hours a day, so it's like I, I like all I did was listen to that, and I got so inspired, and I was like, oh man, I really want to be on this show and talk shmups because most of my friends are not into like shmups, so it's we're an isolated crew, you know. It's like yeah, yeah my, all my personal friends don't care about them either, so I know what you're saying for sure. Yeah, it's 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 weird. <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen to the first episode? I'm just curious because I think in the first episode is the only one I mentioned about people who listen, you know, can just request to come on the podcast. I don't know if that maybe inspired you to come on the podcast or not. Well, what I was doing was I, I think I was listening to the episodes backwards. So I think oh, okay, it, start, yeah. it starts you off on the latest one and then you work your way down. As, as, as I got closer to like the, the beginning, like, I remember you saying, oh, I wanted to make this like an open podcast for anybody. I was like, oh, sweet. Let me message this guy. Yeah. So I left that comment and I didn't think you were going to message me back. I was very actually surprised. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be on this podcast. That'd be great. It's funny what, to be a fan of the show and then to peek behind the curtain because I know what you're saying. Like when I'm a fan of certain podcasts, it feels like or certain YouTubers or stuff, it feels like, you know, they're impenetrable or 
you know what I mean? Or it's like the yeah. old days of writing into a band you like and they never write back. Right. Whatever. Right. That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> I expected to write a letter to like some big time guy and then like never hear from you again. And you right. messaged back that same day. And I was like, sweet. Yeah. Well, that's really cool to get you on the episode, especially since I have a lot of cool questions for you because as I understand, you have a background in professional art, right? You're, um, well, yeah. you can explain better than myself. Go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, professionally, I draw comic books. So I do, I've, I've done a lot of indie stuff. I've done like small things for like Marvel here and there, but none of them were ever published. So that, that kind of sucks. But at the same time, yeah. I learned a lot and I met a lot of like cool editors and stuff, but I've done comics for small time indie writers. Uh, I've did a, I was the penciler on a book called Breaking the Fourth. And I just self-published my first book called Hours last year. So it's been it's been interesting. So I bet. <laughs> it's been it's been quite interesting. And right now I'm working on a because I'm diving into more of like anime and like manga and stuff like that. So what I'm trying to do now is blend the two. Since I come from a background of American comics, I'm trying to take what I learned from Japanese animation and kind of merge the two together. So I think nowadays, too, especially, I mean, I'm a little bit of an outsider, obviously, of the industry, but it feels like, you know, comics are hotter than ever, at least in the yeah. last few years, and especially kind of the combination of, like, Japanese manga style and American comics. I think people love that. I know I do. Yeah. I think the new Castlevania series is kind of like that, right? Where oh, it's kind man. of a it's blend between the two. so good. Yeah, it, it yeah. is. It is. It's so good. It's It, it really shows that it doesn't have to just be from Japan and it doesn't have to be just American. You can take the two styles and blend them together. So yeah, that, yeah. that is a, a perfect example of what that is. Yeah. Because you have this background, I'm really, I really want to kind of get your thoughts on a lot of, I guess, art elements that are in shmups and, you know, what elements of the shmup design, I guess, appeal to you and which ones you think could use some improvement. So I guess my first question is when you're sitting down and playing a new shmup, what part of the visuals immediately grabs you usually? Well, let, let's see. Because <laughs> it's weird because all of them look vastly different. But there's, I notice that there's certain ones that I gravitate towards more. Like, let's say, um, like if I were to play um, the one game I would say that really brought me back into shmups was DOJ. Oh, yeah. That first level, like just the design of it alone, like like it's weird. It's kind of like this weird '90s cyberpunkish look. I love it, yeah. And I have this thing for cyberpunk. Anything cyberpunk, punk, I'm willing to throw my wallet at. Like I don't <laughs> care what it is. Like I just like that feel. And I noticed that kind of grabs me more than anything else. And then you get a game like, let's say, there. I can't even explain why I don't gravitate to it as much but like let's say Saidaiojo. oh yeah there's something about that game that just kind of like you, you like it there's something about it that i can't stand and i don't know what it is but i still like the game but i know exactly what you're saying you always end up going back to doj you know it's it's so weird it's it's the weirdest thing it sounds like you and i have very similar tastes in these kinds of things because yeah i love cyberpunk too and you know speaking of comics and anime I think my wheelhouse is more of the the 90s stuff, the cyberpunk stuff, you know, Ghost yeah. in the Shell, Akira, Robotech, that's a little older, but Gundam, yeah. you know, all those ones, those are the ones I really was really into growing up. So like, especially the cave games with those design elements like DOJ or Ketsui or even oh, DDP, yeah. like, yeah. I know, those, those really get, or Esperade, 
I, I don't I don't think I've played that one, but I've heard a lot of good things. But I love Cyberpunk that has that Blade Runner feel, you know? Especially and I think that's why I gravitated towards DLJ is because it, it, it reminded me of like that nineties Blade Runner or like a late early late eighties Blade Runner. Yes. Like you said, especially stage one with the city at night. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. Like you, you can't <laughs> help but look at it. And then you play Side Diojo flash of color. You're like what happened to that gritty cyberpunk yes. feel, you know? It, it's weird. But there's another game that, there's another Dodon Patchy that does that, but it still has that kind of Sai Daiojo feel, but it's not this. I think it's Dai Fukatsu, is it? Right, yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. It still has that colorful feel, but it's still, you know, you, you, you like it, you know? Yeah. It's not it's not as splash of color. It still has that kind of like sepian tone to it, and it still has that gritty feel. Yeah, I think, personally speaking, when I look at SDOJ, I feel like the visuals, more than just the colors, too, they kind of looks almost a little cheap to me. It looks yeah. a little too generic. You know, it doesn't yeah. have that cave touch. Even DFK, as colorful as that is, really highly detailed and really pops. Whereas SDOJ looks, to me, it looks kind of cheap. Like, they have a new staff, maybe, or half the staff left, and they have just, like, four guys animating it, maybe. I, I think it really does have something to do with like where everything is going now, because I, I started to notice that I remember back in the 90s, because I grew up in the 90s. I was born in like 86 and I grew up in the 90s and I noticed that everything kind of had like this, um, it had like character to it. And then when you see Saidojo, it really feels like it's it's kind of going in that same mainstream line of just what anime is, you know right. what I mean? And I think that's the thing that kind of like kind of messes with it. Because if you go back and play like, because I love the original Dodonpachi game. I, I love that game. And yeah, I, DDP. I, yeah. I really like that game because I like just the beginning. Le- like all the levels together just look really, really good. It depicts war and it looks really gritty and good. And then you play Saida Ojo and it just feels like you're playing this weird anime shmup. It's, it's the weirdest thing. Like <laughs> it's so strange. It definitely feels like it's a whole different team as far as the visuals. Like, even beyond just going in a new art direction. I don't know that. I should probably look that up. But it does feel like they have a different team or a different overall approach to how they did the visuals in that one. Yeah. Either that or they're following some sort of trend that's going on in Japan or something. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned, especially in DOJ, there's a great example of one thing that can catch your attention is the background design, right? Yeah, yeah. That that's usually it. The, that and the size of the laser, of course. Yeah, of course. Everybody, oh everybody, yeah, you got to get a nice laser in there. Got to get some nice <laughs> lasers in there and explosions. <laughs> that's funny you mention that because I feel like whenever I play a shmup like a newer one, the first thing I look at if I'm trying to, I guess, critique it for its visual designs is I look at the backgrounds because usually the background is kind of the thing. A lot of shmup developers kind of overlook. Yeah. Or I look at, I think the enemy death animations are a really good sign because when you look at really visually beautiful shmups, I mean, caves are a great example of this. It is ridiculous how much detail and work they put into those death animations and damage animations. Yeah. If you really sit down and play DOJ, you'll notice sometimes the enemies will be disabled but not completely destroyed. Like different parts of them will be damaged. And then when the bosses explode, it's just 5,000 explosions at once, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was I was playing, what was it, uh, the other night, like two nights ago, I was trying to get my score up in Battle Garega 
because I've been playing, I've been practicing in that, and that game is brutal. Yeah, it is. And I, I, I was like so excited because I was like, oh man, I finally made it to like stage four. This is great. And then like I, you get to that boss, and you're like, wow, it's really easy. And then all of a sudden, it has like this weird transformation where this other giant mech piece comes up, and I was like, wow, that's <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it just looks good, and then. It almost reminds me like you have to take it apart piece by piece by piece. And it's really cool looking. So I do agree with that. Like a lot of the bosses and the enemies, you can tell they put a lot of time into. So Yeah. yeah. I think Battle Gorega is an excellent example of that too, because really there's no shmup like it visually. Yes, yes. I think most people kind of agree. It's the most, feels the most gritty and realistic of all of yeah, them. I mean, really beyond does. just the bullets being bullets, stuff like... When your ship explodes, it doesn't just evaporate into a you know explosion like in Cable. Yeah. Breaks apart and like it the breaks, cockpit yeah. flies one direction, the it's tail so flies cool. the other. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Like that game's visuals and backgrounds is really really cool. That first level, because I was like really looking at it, because I, I guess because I'm an artist, like I have this weird attention to detail. Which yeah, is absolutely. Probably, I, I really, can... I really suck at it because I'm, I'm like, I'm dodging bullets, but at the same time, like, ooh, this crack in the wall just looks so cool, and then I get hit by a bullet. But um, that first level, like, just the cracks, and then underneath that, there's like this underlining city. It just looks beautiful. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, they've they've done a really good job, and even with uh, stage four, when I finally made it there, it, it just looks like this weird factory with all these pipes and stuff, and then later on, it turns into like this vast ocean, and you're like, wow, this. This took some pride. Like, yeah, you can, you can really tell the love into it. I feel like Battle Garega, just in the visuals and the stage design, it takes you through a journey, you know, that yeah. you feel like you're going on a journey, whereas a lot of like lesser well-made shmups, each stage is a theme and you just play that theme, right? Where it's like, yeah. oh, this stage is the sky stage, this stage. But with Battle Garega and like a lot of the good cave shmups, there's a subtle transition through the stage where... At first, you're going through the sky, but then you end up in like a different area of the sky or space or... Yeah. Yeah. It does. It really does feel like a journey. Pretty much is if you can make it far enough to see all of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I played Battle Grego, which wasn't that long ago, actually. It was this year, really. And so mm. I played a ton of cave shmups and was kind of a cave boy at the time. Still mostly yeah. am, but I'm expanding my horizons a little. And I remember playing Battle Grega and being like, yeah, this game's pretty sweet through the first four stages. And then stage five, I don't know if you've gotten to stage five. It's this. I did play through the whole game by dying okay. a lot. So, yeah, I saw everything. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> I remember when I got to stage five with the music and then, you know, it's like that dark purple sky yeah. with the lightning in the background. Yeah. Wow. This game is epic. That was the moment yeah. I was like, holy shit, this game is freaking epic. <laughs> it, it is. Most, I, from, from what I've heard, most rising games are like that. Yeah. Batrider's like that too, I think. I've played a little bit of Batrider and Batrider is also visually appealing. In terms of like the way they designed that first city and the bosses, it's just that I feel like Battle Garega, the visuals just kind of stick in your head more. Because yeah. there's something about that game's just charm that just just stays with you forever. <laughs> to me, it feels like when you're playing Battle Grega, you're on the verge of apocalypse. Like every stage, yeah, <laughs> it, it starts off kind of normal in a city. Like the city's all beat up, but it's kind of normal. And then as you progress, it's just the world gets more and more destroyed yeah. and dark and, as you go. Oh man, what a game! Yeah, definitely. It's almost like, like a descent into the abyss, almost. Like that. Absolutely, Such a great game. 
So we've talked a little bit about some of the stuff that stands out to us in titles, you know, like Battle Grega, DOJ. What mm-hmm. have been some games that you've played that you may even like that you feel like there's visual elements to you that could use some improvement or are underdeveloped? Hmm, that's that's really good because <laughs> I think they're all I, I think they're all I think they're all pretty good, but there is one game where I wish I can like kind of turn off the way it looks and change it is Death Smiles. Oh, okay, yeah, I like Death Smiles. Like Death Smiles was the game that actually got me back into shmups because of like a friend. Like he destroyed my score. And I was like, oh, no, I can't have all this. I got to I got to play. I got to get good. So um, <laughs> but that that game's visuals, they're they're good, but there's something about it that just bugs me. But I like that game still. But like, I feel like if that game wasn't. Have you played Death Smiles before? Oh, yeah. Yes. Many times. Like, if you look at the characters and then you that background, like the backgrounds, they're beautiful. Sure. But I, I, I feel like they kind of mess around with everything else almost and it just bugs me and it's probably me just nitpicking because i'm probably just nitpicking all the the painting and they they, they kind of move and i understand that they're going for something different at that time but it just just annoyed me <laughs> uh, i know what you're saying i feel like what you're kind of getting at is too is that it feels like the backgrounds are their own world and then yeah. your characters are in their own world and they're just like slapped on top of the background a little bit. You know what? And that's probably what it is, is that I always felt like they, they were made by two separate teams and they had two separate visions. And like, I always felt like that just bugged me. And like, I, I also felt almost that same way when I was playing Raiden 5. Because I, I played Raiden 5 and I, I like Raiden 5 as well, but like, I always find myself going back to 4 mm-hmm. because I just enjoy that game better. It just feels like... When I was playing Raiden 5, I was like, I like this background. It kind of reminds me of Raystorm. I don't know if you played that Raystorm yeah. or Ray Crisis, one of those games. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of that. But with Raystorm, you like the background and the, the, the ship and everything else feels like they belong together. When I play like Death Smiles or, you know, Raiden 5, I always feel like they're just two separate things, It's which is weird. But they still play solid. Yeah, that's definitely a, a issue in a lot of shmups, I think. There's this one shmup I'm actually doing a little bit of a review on called, I don't know, Shingoku Soul Eater or something like that. I heard of it. I haven't yes. played it. It's a it's way less known one, but I'm doing a little review on it. It's also exactly what you're saying. You can tell they rendered the player model in a 3D engine, but then did all this beautiful, maybe not sprite, but like 2D work on the backgrounds. So it's really weird. Like the the player sprite does not fit in with the rest of the game at all. It feels like it needs some extra shading on it or something. <laughs> I, I, I think a game that actually did what we're talking about right, and it, and it's, it's, it fits and it looks good, was uh, Collagious Blaze. I think Collagious Blaze did the visuals right and stuff like that. I enjoy that game to a degree, but like, I always end up dropping it for some reason. Like, I don't, there, there's something about that game that also bugs me. That game does sprites and backgrounds right because they look like all the creative processes were on all on the same page yeah everybody was on the same page you can tell like everything looks like it belongs there but when you play death smiles it's like here's this background it looks really pretty there's stuff moving around giant cows and you're like okay and then you have like this weird sprite girl and you're like wait what (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
I do, I, what, I, I do know what you're saying exactly. Yeah, it's still... I think Death Smiles, it's less of an issue with some of these other ones. Yeah. So have you ever <laughs> played uh, Gwenge before? Yes! Or heard of that one? It's so good! Yeah, that one is really underrated as far as visual it's design. It's so good. Such a good game. It's it's so good. Because <laughs> we were talking before about, you know, how Battle Garega has that really cinematic feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Gwenge is the same way. The way... Not only does it scroll up, but it'll like scroll sideways, it'll scroll diagonally, and what a unique game as far as visually. I mean, I don't think there's another shmup quite like it visually at all. I want to get your views as an artist. You know, I'm more of just a average dude. But let's say an indie developer came to you mm-hmm. and they wanted advice on how to design their visuals. What advice would you give as far as things they should kind of pay attention to and things they make sure they don't want to mess up, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Well, for one, like usually when I'm working with a team, everybody has to be on the same page. Like that's like first and foremost, like everybody has to be on the same page and take constructive criticism. But like, I know a lot of developers right now don't like to, to take constructive criticism sure. because they, they just feel like everybody just complains about everything, right? And which they do. Everybody does complain to a certain degree. And that's just because, you know, everyone feels like they're getting cheated out of something, you know, with all this other stuff, microtransactions, blah, 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 whatever. But if I were to give like any developer some advice, like creative device is like, okay, so for one thing. We've already explained about Battle Garega. We all love Battle Garega. But that one thing that I can't stand are those bullets. They're too tiny. Let me see them coming. Like, the fact that they blend into the background like ninjas annoys me. (laughs) (laughs) I am so happy when we got that PS4 port that we were able to change the colors of the bullets. Yeah, I agree. And I I don't know if I'm the only one, but I turned very bright, like this pinkish color. So I I saw everything. But I would tell them like, hey, be on the same page, make sure everybody can see your, you know, your bullets and stuff like that. And I think that Battle Garega has like an easy mode, apparently, that I've been hearing about. Yeah, the PS4 port does. Yeah, I didn't even know it had an easy mode (laughs) until I listened to your podcast. And I was like, yeah, there's this easy mode now get new players. And I was like, what? (laughs) I've been playing this normal mode for months and I've been getting destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It's crazy, but yeah, I would tell them, you know, be on the same page, you know, um, make it so every, the game's accessible. That And that game is pretty accessible now, so I think more people should know about it, and that's probably why, I, that's pretty much why I put it up on my um, on my channel, because I noticed there's a couple of people who are really into shmups, but they're really afraid to get into them. So I figure, you know, I, I show them what the game looks like, you know, go ahead and give it a try, that kind of thing. But yeah. That's my advice to like developers and stuff like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's hard because at first, gameplay-wise, there's no arguing that those bullets should be more bright because, yeah, it's so frustrating getting nailed by those. Damn it, what the hell hit me? Like, that is really frustrating. (laughs) I think that might have been a case of the... They were, like, going hard on the aesthetics. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, And you know what's funny is, like, most of the time the bullet doesn't hit you. It's that you moved into the bullet. Yeah. So, like, it's it's already past you, but you're dodging other stuff, and you just kind of back up, and you move into a bullet that already passed you. <laughs> right, it's yeah. It's so frustrating. I think Raising agrees with you, because in their sequels, they did discarded that idea of making bullets look like bullets, but... What what other games did Rising make? Because I only know about Batrider and Battle Garega. Those are the only two that I know yeah, about. Yeah, they made some later ones, and what's funny is I haven't played any of the ones past Batrider. I don't know why. I gotta check them out. But, yeah, hmm, they made a few definitely. more after that. I think most people don't regard them nearly as well as, you know, those two, but... Right. I ha- I can't say because I've actually never played them, so... Huh, okay. So another thing that I think, as far as shmup designs, shmup aesthetic, that I think is a little bit lacking overall is a focus or, like, an attention to more cinematic styles in shmups. Yeah. Because you'll notice a lot of the really popular shmups, like Ikaruga or Radiant Silvergun, mm-hmm. They have very cinematic stuff as far as the, in their visuals and stuff. The stage transitions are, you know, like little cinematic things or right. just within the stage, there's all this. It's hard to explain exactly, but it feels a little more dynamic, I guess, than yeah. your standard shmup where it's just top down the entire time. Right. I get where you're coming from. And even even some a lot older shmups had like even cool intros. I will never forget this one intro to a shmup that I that a friend of mine introduced me to a long time ago called Gate of Thunder. Oh yeah, and Gate of Thunder has one of the coolest intros to any shmup I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it is so cool. It just <laughs> makes you want to play that game. Like just watching that alone. Like every time I play that game, I always watch the intro. Like yeah. all the time. It's so good. Such a good game. It's weird because I don't I don't know why they don't add more cinematic stuff. I guess they just believe that, you know, everybody just wants to get straight to the point and just get their high scores and do their super plays and stuff like that. But I feel like a lot of these games like I, I forgot what I was watching. I think I was watching like STG Weekly mm-hmm. not too long ago. And I was listening to their Pro Gear Norashi like kind of run that they did a super play of. And that game has one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. But you don't see it. It's right. It's it's so strange. Like it's like kids run the world and like adults are like the bad guys. And there's like this whole thing with propellers and energy. And I'm like, this sounds like an intricate story. Like, can we see this like at all? Like, and it's like not even there. It's just it's just no. <laughs> I had to like Google it and just to see some of this stuff. And even games like Raystorm, you know, like Raystorm has like. That whole trilogy, because I think it's Ray Storm, Ray Crisis, and a, a game called L- Section Layer. Section, yeah, and they have a thousand names each too, which yeah. makes it more confusing. <laughs> but but the story to that game is so cool, and 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 you get to see a little bit of it, but it's not like prominent. It's not like in the forefront, you know, where they kind of feed you the story. You just kind of yeah. have to like read through the book, you know, of the manual. And I feel like a lot of these games, if they're telling such a great story, you know, you should add some type of cinematic view in there and stuff like that. And I think the last game that did it was probably Collagerous Blaze, maybe, I think, because I remember some story in that. That game does have like visual cues and, you know, there, there's like 
cutscenes and stuff like that in the game. Yeah, but. or even like I don't know if Gunbird Two. I think Gunbird Two does as well. The Psycho Shmups are a little better about that kind of thing, where it doesn't get in the way. They just kind of throw it in there real quick, like yeah. here, <laughs> so it doesn't get in your way. They still run it down for you, you know, like like three magical like what is it like files that you have to get and there's like these three pirates that's like team rocket trying to chase you down and <laughs> they always turn into a new robot like it was you, at least you understood you know mm-hmm. and then you go ahead and play a game like cannon spike and then you get lost and that, that game story is like all over the place <laughs> <laughs> cannon spike is such a weird game <laughs> I, I love that game though i love the idea of marrying shmups with like third person action game or something it's really cool yeah <laughs> the game is so funny though so we're talking earlier about kind of the shift in the kind of aesthetic style of shmups where like you were saying especially the 90s 80s shmups definitely i mean even going back to like gradius r type all of them kind of followed that cyberpunk type style you know yeah and then in around the i don't know the time zones here but around the 2000s though we start to see a, a more shift towards a more moe style of shmup i guess that's how some people characterize it you know more right i don't really know exactly how to describe the style but it's more cutesy anime but different oh, cute, than a cute ups i think they call but them diff- yeah but different than a cute up it's like because cute ups have been around for a long time but like yeah. i'm thinking more of the toho type style or oh. SDOJ. Or Death Smiles, right? Where it's not really a cute up anymore. It's something a little different. Yeah. I think that has something to do with, like, I think we were talking about that earlier, with the whole, it It feels like they're shifting because of, like, popularity of, like, anime. So right. everything is going into, like, this weird cutesy thing. Because I, I don't know why it started. <laughs> I wish I did or where it, it's it's going. But, like, I I noticed that a lot of new shmups are looking like that. None of them are really like sticking to like that kind of traditional gritty, I guess that gritty kind of, you know, realistic style, you know, war torn, you know, world. If I was a company, if I was trying to get new players into the player base, I'll probably turn it into that whole Moe thing. A lot of those games, they're not bad, but just looking at it is like you kind of get... I would say like turned off, like some people would get turned off by that because a lot of players who play shmups are a lot older and they remember that war torn grittiness. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you're playing with this girl in like a, a maid outfit that's shooting lasers out of her arms. You know, it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess it can turn a lot of players off, but I guess what they what companies are trying to do is they're basically trying to get a like more people to play it because they already figure, hey. You know, people who are like players of shmups already who are already here are going to play it anyway, you know, so why don't we get more people, you know, to play it? So they make games like Death Smiles or I think it, the other game I played was Exceed Vampire or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, I don't know. What do you what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a little bit divided because I think there actually is a bit of a divide between even the fan base here where yeah, I'm sure certain listeners will feel one way and listeners will feel another. Right. Right. Personally speaking, it doesn't bother me necessarily. Like, I remember when Death Smiles came out, that was a little, caused a little bit of a controversy where some people were uncomfortable with kind of the little girl, I don't know what it is, gothic Lolita type stuff. Right. Right. I didn't even know there was a controversy. Right. Yeah. I think it was a minor controversy. Like, okay. Not like a big deal, but right. I just remember when I was reading reviews for it or people would cover it, some, some reviewers were like, 
no, this is going a little too far with this type of style, or they were turned off by this style. Mm. Personally, it doesn't bother me that much, but it's not my wheelhouse either, right? Like, right. Right. I think my own personal taste, I think visually the shmups that I like the best are like Katsui and DOJ, those styles, the cyberpunk style, or Esperade, or even stuff like Espagaluda, too, with it has like this weird medieval style. That one's really cool, too. It's really good, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not against it stuff. Like, I don't mind playing Toho games and, mm-hmm. you know, that Moe style. Right. But I do wonder, I don't know, it's hard to say, because I feel like in one sense, it is bringing new people into the genre. Like, a lot of people love that style. A lot yeah. of people get into shmups through that style. And so maybe it's, I don't know, a transition we're going to have to make? I'm not sure. I think if I were to really, like, put myself into another person's shoes that are really into shmups... I think it has, it might have something to do with the fact that because there's so many of them coming out, they feel that that's what shmups are going to be from now on. And I think that might scare a lot of the veteran players, probably, maybe, I don't know. But like, if I were to think like that, like if I'm used to playing games like Dodonpachi and games like Battle Garega, and I'm, I'm sticking, and they're sticking to this one kind of format, and it's like really gritty, it's like, really maturated and then all of a sudden like there's like this saturation of just moe schmups coming out you're kind of like so where's the other stuff that i really really liked you know you you start to get worried that they're probably going to fade away right so yeah that might be it probably but i don't know because like moe schmups don't bother me mostly because like i i don't play them i know that they exist and sometimes i'll see something that catches my attention and i'll try it out but I, I don't actively go out there and like, oh, that's a Moe Shmup. I'm going to go buy that because I like Moe Shmups. I, I like the more mature, gritty stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. It's tricky. <laughs> it is tricky. And I, I remember speaking with Eaglet about this a little bit. And he said he talked about how a lot of it has to do with a total shift in otaku culture in Japan, where he's saying, I guess he was saying in the 90s, the otaku culture was cyberpunk. And then around the 2000s, they just suddenly switched over to a more, I don't know what you call moe, cutesy art style. And so shmups, I guess that he's saying, tend to cater towards that crowd. So they had to switch their visual design to meet those demands, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it could also be too, that more than just commercialism, like, you know, someone sitting in a studio is saying, oh, this shmup needs to be moe or whatever. It might be more an example of the newer Japanese developers like that style. The people who are making the games like it, so they're right. making games that way. Well, we'll also see what happens, because I wonder if the fact that Battle Garega has a physical release, and I think and Katsui just got announced as it's getting a port, I mean, maybe they're trying to see if people still want to play those games, and then maybe, you know, we might get something new in the genre that has that gritty, war-torn feel. Yeah. So, and I cannot wait for Ketsui. I love that game. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm really looking forward to the port. I'm, oh, man. I can't wait for that game. <laughs> so speaking of, you know, anime and stuff, I feel like, especially with a lot of the cave games, you can kind of see some of the influences anime has had on the games. Like mm-hmm. Esperade, I don't know if you ever played that, but there's literally a boss in Esperade that's the tank from Ghost in the Shell. You know, the final tank that like rips yeah. her apart and stuff. There's a mini boss that's that tank. It cloaks and everything and has the giant gun no on way. it. <laughs> not the Tachikoma, right? Not not that, right? It's like a tank with legs. 
kind of. Yeah, it's a tank with legs. Oh, yeah, that that, that okay. cloaks. I don't know yeah. if you ever seen Ghost in the Shell. You know that I love tank. Ghost she, in the Shell. Yeah. yeah, the one she fights at the end. Yeah, rips her in half. Yeah, that tank's a mini boss in Esperade. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm gonna have to play this game. <laughs> yeah, and Ketsui too. I feel like they get a lot of inspiration from Ghost in the Shell and those types of games where you're flying around in those Neo Tokyo type like cities and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. What I really love about Ketsui is it's really unique because it's not you're not in space. You're on land in a helicopter. I love that. And you know what's funny? I didn't even know it was a helicopter. Wait, it's a chopper? I was <laughs> like, wait, what is it? Because it looks like a like a jet when you're playing the game because you don't really notice the propeller spinning. You, I, I always thought it was like the shield of the ship. Oh, okay. I um I like tap I typed in like Ketsui in Google one day and I just looked at all the images and like I didn't even know that they came out with like model planes from from that game that you can build and i was like oh they're helicopters okay <laughs> i didn't know that i really do like ketsui's world i love the design of it everything about that world looks really grounded and i think that's why a lot of people like ketsui is that it's like it's grounded in war you can tell the story is kind of sad and th- I, I think that's one of the things why people go to that game is that the scoring system is really good so when you beat it, you feel rewarded, and it has like a really cool grounded world. Yeah, and you know what? Like I'm I'm playing around with some of the questions you asked me before in my head, and I'm wondering. Let's say that you took away the choppers and you added like this Moe thing. Like, would I still play that game? Right. You know, like like now I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, hmm. Now I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's really weird. So it does like beg like a lot of questions. You know, like. Why, do, why does this game attract you to this and not this one if we change this one thing, you know? Yeah, I guess that's a really good test to think of, like a mind experiment, right? Like, take yeah. your favorite shmup, Battle Garega, and replace its art style with a different art style. Yeah, it's still, still, the, same, still the same game. Still the but... same game, but the art style is different. <laughs> would you feel the same way about it? That's I would weird. argue I, no. I, I'd probably say no. I would not feel yeah. the same. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. And I think... I wanted to talk about this topic is because I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with Moe Shmups and Toho, right. especially Toho, because I feel like Toho is kind of the OG Moe Shmup, so mm-hmm. they right. weren't following a trend at the time. Right. Whereas I guess what I'm trying to think of is maybe for, I guess, the indie developers out there now or the Dojin developers, like maybe start varietize it to where we're getting more choices, where we do get more games with helicopters and stuff like that and not just... Yeah people flying or young girls as your main characters or whatever young girls in bikinis or dresses dressed up as maids yeah (laughs) you know what's funny though this is just off the cuff like Mm -hmm. thoughts i've had is i've noticed with these moe shmups and stuff because i don't mind like highly sexualized stuff really Mm -hmm. like dead or alive or ninja gaiden and stuff like that right but these games aren't necessarily that sexual really it's more like they're you know, little it's, girls it's like and dresses. Eye, like and eye candy, more or less, really. It's interesting, because you would think at this point, I'm sure there's some doujins out there that are just like nudity shmups. I think those have been around for years, but I mean like more mainstream shmups, like Death Smiles, for instance, where right. instead of having like little girls, they have busty women or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think we've had those have we like not like, really shmup, that i can think of. like like grown women it's usually just little girls right? yeah right yeah, that, you know what i i would 
I don't know if I, I would probably play that. Like if you make like a Ketsu shmup, that's like, or a, a Ketsu shmup, style shmup with like a busty woman. I don't, I'd probably play that. Right. I think that's just the curiosity to me. Because I mean, I think Dead or Alive is a really good example of this. I like Dead or Alive for its gameplay. Mm-hmm. But I think when you look at Dead or Alive and you look at Virtual Fighter, Virtual Fighter has superior gameplay. I don't think anyone would ever argue that. But right. which one is still alive today? Which one is still sells well? Compared to Dead or Alive or Virtual Fighter? Yeah, comparing uh, the two. De- de- I mean, yeah, Dead or Alive is way more alive right now. And, and Yeah, Dead or Alive is still existing. Virtual Fighter is gone. Yeah. I'm just saying that commercially, which game is still relevant? DOA, yeah. because yeah, of the fan service. If shmups are wanting to go that route, I almost feel like mm-hmm. go full-on sex appeal rather than just catering to like really, really niche, small art styles. Go full on like Guilty Gear, full on like Blaze Blue, where right. like they're anime women or whatever, but they're like grown women that are a little more palatable to the mainstream, I guess. And those those games are also like balanced too, because you have your your what what a lot of my friends would call the waifus. Yeah, you'll have a lot of those, and but you'll also have women that are like cool badasses. You know, they're. They're clothed, they're, it's not fan servicey, but they're still cool. And they're right. still waifu able, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I know what you're saying. <laughs> so you still have that, you, you, you have like this healthy balance. Right, yeah, exactly. I guess maybe, I guess what we're saying is, I'm not trying to like throw shade at people who love anime and stuff. Because I course. mean, I think shmups, whether you like to admit it or not, are rooted in anime. Whether it's anime from the 90s or anime from now, like shmups are kind oh, yeah. of rooted in anime, so... Yeah. It's more of a question of maybe giving us more options to choose from rather than just this one style that many of us may or may not be too crazy about, but we don't really have a choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's why a lot of, I, I, I guess that's why a lot of controversies come up is because a lot of veteran players probably feel that, that those options are going away because everything is going in this one kind of demographic. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't blame them. I, I yeah. get it because they they don't know what's coming. They don't know if their 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 games, their genres that they love so much is probably gonna fade away. Honestly, if I was giving a game developer advice, I don't even think this is that hard of an issue because let's say, for instance, you're coming out with a new shmup and you want your you know, like moe style girl in there. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying, if you want your game to have more overall appeal, maybe throw in a helicopter too. Like you could be a helicopter, <laughs> you could be a moe girl. <laughs> You'd have to make it visually work. Yeah. But I think a good example of this is, have you ever heard of Sexy Parodius? I think I've played it. Yeah. I think I've played it. It's one of the earlier, like, cute-em-ups and kind of a famous example where you get all these different wacky ship sprites, though. You can get, like, a girl in a bikini flying on a rocket, or you can fly as a flying pig. It just has a lot of wacky different options. So when people are developing these, like, doujin shmups, if you want your moe girl in there, sure, but like put in like some other, it doesn't even have to be a helicopter, that's just, but it could be like a right. wolf or something. You know what I mean? Some other choices for people rather than just that one yeah. style. There's a version of Parodius that has a like a unique balance too, because I, I played a Parodius that has like the bikini girl, it has like the pig and like all that stuff. And some of the bosses are like a naked chick who's like a mermaid sitting on a rock <laughs> and then... Next thing you know, you're fighting like a panda bear and a tutu. The strangest stuff. But there's like this healthy balance of funny and see. So it bounces off one another. I think Proteus is a great example to look to. Yeah. I'm just saying this because I'm not saying this for myself because personally, I'm not that picky. 
if a new shmup comes out and has moe girls in it, but it looks good, I'll still play it. But the problem mm-hmm. is when you are in a community and we're trying to bring people into this community. For instance, Death Smiles, like I said, was a great example of this. Death Smiles is one of the more popular s- selling shmups on the 360. And it's a s- really solid game. Just as a shmup, it's really good. But there was a certain demographic that was really into the art style. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm saying is that art yeah. style didn't give you any other options. So that let's say you don't like playing as a Moe girl. You want a different option. I feel like maybe they should have included some other ships or characters that they could choose from. It's like, oh, you don't want to be the Moe girl. You could be this other fantastical creature or whatever. I think the only thing that would probably worry me is the fact that because there's like this oversaturation of mo- like Moe shmups is that I feel like newer players are going to think that all shmups look like that. Yeah, exactly. That would kind of suck. Even like my wife, like she she thinks that she's like, oh, you know, most shmups look the same. And I was like, well, no, you know, you should you should try this. So one day I let her, she's really into Gunbird. Oh yeah. So she, she'll play Gunbird too. And then she'll play uh, DOJ. And then she's like, whoa, I really like this game. So it's like, I think more people just need to try like different things that they see. And a lot of them, cause a lot of them have the misconception that they all look the same or they all play the same when they don't. channel i noticed that you have in the past i don't know how much these days but you had some undernight emberth and like some of those anime fighters oh yes yes because yeah i i come from a uh, a background of fighting games i like you you also background of fighting games i understand yep, absolutely yeah so <laughs> I, I i think a lot of people play fighting games are moving into the shmup community right now so it's going to be one of the primary audiences going forward yeah I feel like it's just a different form of competitive nature. Like everybody wants that new kind of like, from what I've been seeing on like the internet and like what I've been hearing is like a lot of people are getting kind of, a lot of professional players are getting kind of fed up with like fighting games at the moment because they're making it very streamlined and yeah. it's, it's very easy for new players to get into so that the overall game is very easy. So you don't really need to practice anything. And I feel like, a lot of players in fighting games are moving to shmups because you, 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 I mean, you really have to learn that game, yeah. you know, or whatever you're doing. Like, it's not like you can just come in and be a pro, you know, you have a one button, hey, I just beat the game kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I think you're exactly right, where fighting games, like the newer ones coming out, they're kind of dropping, what do you call it, the skill ceiling? Yeah. And they're making it more accessible, which is good, but at the cost, a lot of the times of the higher level players. Yeah. A lot of my friends are getting into, I guess, like the Blade Strangers release. Have you heard about that? Blade Strangers. It's, I think I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a new fighting game. 
but yeah. or the new uh, Guilty Gear Cross Battle. <laughs> What's it? Cross yes, tag. The Blaze, Blaze Blue Cross Not tag. Guilty Gear. Yeah, Blaze Blue Cross tag. I have those games. Yeah. But I feel like they're kind of a step down to, from the previous Blaze Blue because they remove like all the inputs. Like there's no Dragon Punch inputs anymore. There's just quarter circles or you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I think a lot of these, well, I don't think because I have a lot of these games, all of them really have like a, like auto combos. Yeah, which auto is weird. combos. I played the new, what was it? Dragon Ball Fighter Z game. Mm-hmm. And I was testing it out and I was like, this game is really easy. Like anybody could play this game. And you know what? Just to prove a point, I like took a, a buddy of mine who's really good at fighters. And I was like, hey, play this kid in like Dragon Ball Z. And the kid doesn't really play fighters. He's not really good. You know, he, he lost because, you know, he's putting his brain, his thoughts together of how, you know, you should do spacing control and all that stuff. And like he got totally wrecked. And it's just because this kid's just mashing buttons. <laughs> and <laughs> that should tell you a lot right there, you know, that everything is the, like what you said, the skill ceiling has. It wasn't it wasn't like dropped a bit. They, they just took like the planks from underneath and just dropped the ceiling to the floor. Yeah, I mean, and it's like you can get into any of these games. There is a few games, though. Oh, yeah, they're still out there that are um, that are really hard to learn. Guilty Gear, like you, you have to learn. Oh, yeah. Exert is no joke. Yeah, that game. Like, I actually had to go through the tutorial just to, to learn the ins and outs of that fighter. Like, I went through all that. I watched the videos and I and the videos helped. Like, I got better at the game. Yeah, but. If you don't practice that game and you lose a fight, it's because you're not good enough. Oh, yeah. Plain and simple. But any other fighter now, it's not, not like... Yeah, one of my guys in my local area is actually like a hella good fighting game player. He got ate that Evo mm-hmm. in, a, well, in a smaller game, but he's really good at Guilty Gear. And I played him in some Guilty Gear, and I know the game pretty well. I'm not super proficient at it, but I know it pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I could not touch the dude. It was insane. I got destroyed. <laughs> it was destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> and I can beat him in other fighting games, but... Guilty Gear, he that's like what he specializes in. And yeah, the game is crazy deep. And actually, a, a really yeah. good um, point I want to talk about, too, is I think the anime fighting community is a really interesting one because, for one, they're more open to the more Moe style of stuff. So that same guy I just talked to you about doesn't play shmups, but he does play Toho games. And so okay. I almost feel like shmups and the anime fighting game community are kind of starting to blend together or like yeah. at least the toho scene in the anime fighting Definitely. like I, I think a lot of toho players especially since there are toho fighting games mm-hmm. kind of going back forth between the two toho players a lot of them i think anyway play um anime fighting games maybe not the majority but there is a definitely a demographic there you know so what's interesting is because i followed guilty gear for quite a long time even before exerd and it used mm-hmm. to be guilty gear was like the shmup of fighting games, where it was really hella niche, and yes. 25 people played it. <laughs> Not really, that's an exaggeration, yeah. but like a very small crowd played Guilty Gear. And yeah. then when... No, 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 you're, you're completely yeah. right. It was about 25 people. <laughs> yeah, but the game was really solid. Before even, um, I can't remember the names because the subtitles are so long, but like Accent Core, I think it was, before Exert came out. Accent Core. Yes, yeah. that game is really good. It was all there. And then Exert came out and it added that extra layer of the visual presentation just going bonkers. And I feel like the game relatively blew up. They added in tutorial mode, like you said. They added in great online. 
They added in groundbreaking visuals, and yeah. the game blew up. Personally, I feel like shmups could take a similar route here, where we have such great games with such great gameplay. We just need yeah. to have that extra wow factor to get people to pick them up and fall in love with them. I was actually thinking about this not too long ago, and when I was thinking about it from my perspective and from other people's perspective, especially like a couple of my friends, I think that it will have to start with the community. I noticed that there's a lot of videos where it's like super plays. Everybody is like this high level competitive kind of super player. And I was thinking from a perspective, like, let's say if I was like really into the community, which I, I, I still consider myself to the community. I think from a perspective of a person who's just coming in there like, oh, cool. The first thing they see is like the super play, like from Posi or, you know, STG Weekly of like somebody doing some crazy stuff. And you're like, wow, that's really high level. And then they kind of get discouraged. I think that it would have to start where there's people that's like making videos of how to, or maybe, you know, hey, you can start here, you know, a couple of, if you die here, it's okay kind of thing. You know, like if you see a player who's working their way up the ladder, it might bring more people in. Yeah. Because, I mean, every time you type in shmups, it's a super play. It's always that. And I think a lot of people get kind of like, you know, scared. They're like, oh, you know, I don't really do that. Because I actually have one of those friends. Like, yeah, I have a friend who plays shmups, right? But he only sticks to like games like, you know, Gradius or like art type, you know, something he's used to. And every time we're like, hey, you know, try Mushihemi Samafutari. I don't want to play that. Okay. You know, he's like really worried, you know, and he gets really nervous about it. Yeah. And it's because, you know, you, you're around like all these high level players. And sometimes some people, they feel that if they can't get to that level, I'm just going to stick to what I'm comfortable with. I'm going to stay over here. I agree completely. Yeah. You know, so like, I, I feel like it's going to have to start if we're, if we're going to want new players to come into our community, we're going to have to start making videos of how to get the new community up to that peak or, you know, let them know it's all right if you're down here, you know, because with as many trolls as we have on the Internet now, <laughs> you, know, you know, if people get doing very, very bad, they're going to be like, you, you know, oh, you suck. You're bad at this. Da, 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 da. So, right. Yeah, exactly. I think, too. That's funny because I don't know how many times I've mentioned this on the podcast or not. I lose track of how many times I talk about things <laughs> on the podcast. But yeah, I've, I've, very, I've made a very similar argument to what you just said there. I'm glad yeah. because it shows that this thinking isn't just a few people. I think it's out there in the ether where people coming into the community, I experienced that where I came in and basically spent three years completely isolated from the community. I loved mm -hmm. shmups and I interacted as a viewer, viewing everything, and right. but I never made my presence known until I felt like my gameplay was somewhat decent. Adequate. Yeah, adequate. Yeah. And I think that what goes on with shmups, too, because I mm -hmm. think there is a silent mass out there who doesn't interact with us, but watches us. And I think there's yeah. a little bit of data to back this up, too, because whenever I make posts on the forums, I don't just look at how many replies it gets. I look at how many times the post has been viewed. And it's insane, right. the discrepancy between those two. I can only Yeah, some imagine. of the posts will have, like, <laughs> literally five replies, but 2,000 people looked at it. Yeah. You know, I, I get that. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm on Shmup forums, like, not every day, but I, I have an account on there. And it's so difficult for me to even say anything, because, like, 
I'm afraid I'm going to say something wrong. I'm afraid I'm going to be contradictive. I'm afraid, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just worried. So from a perspective of somebody who's like, not that A-lister, uh, I, I would say, you know, that S rank player or, or whatever, you know, the top ranks, yeah. you know, cause there's a lot, there's a lot of people who've been playing for years, like, you know, honing their craft and stuff like that. You're like, a lot of times you're just afraid to, a lot of players I know, are, including myself sometimes are afraid to ask questions because you know, you don't know how a person's going to react. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And I don't think this is because I think people looking through my posts will know. I don't think I've ever on the forums, because I'm very conscious about this, have ever been like a little asshole in my replies to people's on my posts. <laughs> so I don't think it's like people are afraid to talk to me necessarily, like I'm going to say something mean to them. But I'm just saying right. that there's just that social dynamic, right? Like you say, where it's awkward, right? And yeah. I'm not expect not what I'm saying is I'm not expecting everyone who views the post to reply because that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I think there is a a big group out there that are invisible to us and they exist. Right. They have a casual interest in shmups or even a pretty hardcore interest in shmups, but they haven't made themselves known to us because right. I did that for three years. So that's why I think there's some legitimacy to it. Like I was on the forums like almost every week watching all the videos, like really interacting with the community, but I never made an account or posted for three years because right. I felt but, like... But, but you were watching. Yeah, because I yeah. felt like I wanted to be legit or to be, to contribute. I mean, your, your newer video is, is, a, is a great testament to what uh, is going on now, which is really cool. Is like you're, you're doing that to, what is it, like eight, 80 million, million or something? Yeah. 80 million. Like that, that is, is a cool way. Like, because like, of course, a lot of people know that there's like scores that are higher, but you're you're kind of like using stepping stones. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a lot of people like to see those journeys. When I uploaded my Battle Garega video, I did that because I was like, hey, I'm not great at Battle Garega. This probably be fun, you know? And like, I think the, the score I got the first time was like 700,000. And I was like, oh, that's really low. And I kept playing. And then all of a sudden I finally made it to like 1.3 and, you know, when you show people, other people who want to get into the genre, like these building blocks, I think it might make the community grow because they're like, hey, this person started here. You know, you can get better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Before they would always just kind of look at the corner of their eye and just be like, why are you even playing kind yeah. of thing? Because a lot of them, I mean, like a lot of us, we, we always play what's popular every now and then. But as you get older, you kind of want. And I got one of my buddies, which is James, who I did the video with for Pro Gear Noah Rashi. I actually got him into shmups like two years ago. 
we were just playing uh, DOJ and I was, I just told him, I was like, Hey, beat my score. And if you beat my score, I give you five bucks. And <laughs> the next thing you know, he's playing the game for an hour. Right. And then that hour turned into two hours. And then he's like, he was just playing. And then eventually he just forgot about the five <laughs> bucks. He beat my score, but he forgot about the $5. And he was just like, I made it. I finally did it. And I was like, what did you think? He was like, this is really fun. And then I went back, I beat his score. And then there was like this kind of back and forth. Yeah, exactly. But that's kind of how it, I got my friend into the community is because everybody wants to be competitive, but they want to know that there is a way to get, you know, to the top. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it just takes practice and it takes, it takes the knowledge to know that, hey, you're going to suck at first, but if you be consistent, eventually you'll get there. Eventually you'll get better than some of the super players. That's an excellent example, and I think a lot of people have similar stories of that. Even people who went on to be really talented players like Aquis and Eaglet, they have that mm -hmm. beginning story of local rival. Funnily enough, the local rival ends up probably not being a big impact in the community or anything, but... He's a rival yeah, to you. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I think one thing we could start to try and do with the shmup community is trying to come up with ways to encourage people to play the games but not put such heavy expectations on it, you know, because, right. for instance, 1ccs are a great place for mid-level players to aim for, because that's basically mm -hmm. what I did, is at this point, I'm finally starting to play for score and feel like I'm that's what I want to do now, but it took me a, a year or two of just getting clears before I felt like I wanted to move forward, right? Right. I think the problem that we sometimes run into is, now that I play for score... I'm never going to go back. I'm not going to go back and play for survival because I've right. tasted the, the points, baby. You know, I got the taste for points and I have yeah. it. And I, that's what I want to do now. But yeah. I think the problem is that it's a really cool feeling when you finally get there. But when we bring newcomers in, I think we're too quick to push them. We push them too hard. Right. It's like, yeah, eventually, like if you can't make it to the top right now, you're never going to be good. Yeah. And it's not even like a mean thing for being like, oh, you guys suck. We want them yeah. so badly to feel the way we feel about the game, but we, we don't we right. forget our journey, how we got here. We forgot yeah. those years of just blowing up in stage three of every shmup we play or barely getting a clear. Yeah. And so I think if the community or members of the community start to just show the progression more easily to newcomers and have bars newcomers can look at and feel good about, bar one... Mm -hmm. Just try and get through the first three stages or whatever, like, or bar two, mm -hmm. then maybe wor start worrying about clear. And then bar three, then maybe start playing for points. And then bar four, really start playing for points. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But I yeah. think what happens is a newcomer comes in, they're like, hey, I'm new to the shmup community. And everyone wants to help them. Everyone's all excited. Like, oh, we got a new player. And then they're like, so what should I do? You should play for points. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we forget how daunting of a challenge that actually is. That, yeah, playing for score is so much harder than just playing for survival because you have to worry about way too much. Like, I remember there was one time when this was, I think this was last year, I uploaded a video of Battle Garega came out for the PS4 last year, correct? I think two years ago, last year, depending on where you live too, right? Like, I think we got it later in the U.S., I got that game on release. I, I imported oh, okay. that game. And I remember when I imported it, I shot a video and I uploaded it to Facebook. And the first 
reply that I got was, you should really watch this super play of Kamui. <laughs> right. This will definitely help you out. And I was like, I guess I will never upload a video ever again. I just got this game and, and already I'm getting bombarded with, you should watch this super play by this person. You should do this. You should do that. And I'm like, oh my God, like, okay, I can't just play this game. But that's one of the reasons why I uploaded that, that video that I did yesterday of me and my buddy doing the co-op is because I felt like there wasn't any co-op. And I don't remember who it was on your last podcast that even mentioned it. He was like, hey, I want to see some co-op. And I was like, you know what? That would be pretty interesting. But if you did it with like added scores in mind, you know, that would be fun. That way, because I know we're in a generation where people like to play with one another. Yeah. They like to do the co-op thing. So I was like, it'll be f- maybe this might ease people into the genre because you can use co-op as a stepping stone. You're playing with your friend, you're having fun. And then later on, once you feel like you're getting better with the game, people will probably upload more videos of them doing like solo runs. And they're not afraid to die anymore because they did it so much with the co-op thing. And you learn the game playing co-op. I mean, you don't learn it completely, but you at least start to familiarize yourself with at least things like enemy attack patterns. Yeah, You're not going to learn chain routes. You're not going to learn survival routes, but you're going to learn, okay, this enemy, when it flies at me, it shoots these bullets. And this is how you dodge these bullets. Or the bosses, too. Okay, the boss shoots this pattern. And I feel like playing co-op is actually a really great place to start for newcomers because when you blow up and your friend blows up, it doesn't feel as bad as when (laughs) you just blow up eight times in a row. Exactly. And I I feel like a lot of players, they they kind of forget those building blocks. And I think with co-op, it's a building block. So eventually you do co-op and then you'll move on to like playing it by yourself and you get a lot more comfortable by shooting videos online because I think that's where it should go. Because we're doing the, the shmups form thing, which is fine, but a lot of viewers do, they, they want to feel like they can see it. So I think YouTube would be like the great thing. People will get more comfortable by putting videos online, you know, starting with those building blocks. Just talking about the stepping stones again, yeah, I think, sorry, my, I'm going to edit this out because my brain just lost my thought mid-sentence. No, that's <laughs> fine, man. <laughs> yeah, so I was... It, ha- it happens. <laughs> so actually, speaking of stepping stones, I want to actually ask you about kind of your personal journey with shmups, how you first got into them and how you got the taste for them, you know? And what are your future plans with the genre? Okay, uh, yeah, this is actually going to be quite the story because it's actually pretty interesting. So I started when I was about four or five. Uh, I played a game on the, on the NES. There were two games that I had when I was a kid called Tiger Heli, and another game was called Star Soldier. I don't know if you're familiar Star with Star Soldier, two. I am. I had those two shmups. It went from playing Star Soldier, and then the Super Nintendo came out, your Gradius 3. Gradius 3 was probably the one that I spent the most amount of time on, just trying to beat that game. It took me 21 years to find <laughs> that game, and I was so happy when I finally did it. It went from that, and then I think along the lines, what happens to any other kid, you kind of drop the games, like shmups in general, because a lot of people, a lot of kids when I was growing up wasn't playing those kind of games. Everybody was playing Streets of Rage, Fight, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, or they were playing, you know, games like Pokemon, whatever's popular that year. So I dropped shmups as a whole for years, and I didn't play a shmup until I think I found Death Smiles. Death Smiles came up, and I was playing that every now and then. 
And then I kind of dropped it again because I was just like, oh, I got my score. I beat the game, whatever. I never once CC'd it. I, I think I two CC'd it. And I was just like, whatever, I'm done with this. Then a friend of mine introduced me to a game on the Dreamcast called Ratergy. Ratergy has become one of my favorite shmups. I like that game. Ratergy kind of looks like a shmup. It's a vertical shmup that kind of has like this jet grind radio cell shaded oh, look cool. to it. Yeah, it's it's really neat. It's it's really really cool, and it has like this funky like music to it, and it's really good. And it came out on a GameCube, and I think it was called Radio Allergy, and it was just really. It's a really funky like funky. I've looking seen game. it. I've never played it though. Play that game. You 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 might enjoy that game. It has like this weird mechanic where if bullets fly towards you, you use a shield and you soak up all the shield, like almost like right. giggling, almost. But you you don't. I don't think you bounce the bullets back. You absorb the bullets, and it goes to your score. Oh, cool. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really it's a really neat game. But I ended up playing that and that kind of brought me back into shmups and I was like, "Oh man, Ratergy is so cool." And then months later, after I played Ratergy, I met a guy who is one of my closest friends now who like just messaged me one day and he goes, "I just won CC Death Smiles." And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and then he was like, "Yeah, I got this score. I just won CC Death Smiles." And I was like, "I got a good score in Death Smiles. I'm pretty good at that. Let me go check my score." And I checked my score and he completely annihilated it. Oh. <laughs> he annihilated it. And I was just like, I think that was the one fire just kind of built. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. I got to beat this guy's score. No, I don't care. Whatever. I played that game for months and months and months and months. I, re- I came really close. Never once he seeded, but it was that moment where you're just kind of like, I got this far. I'm, I'm happy with that. And... After that, I just kept buying shmups. I just started playing them one after another. And after that, I, I kind of got hooked, man. You know, it, it took a while, but you run through like these trials and tribulations where you want to go with them and stuff like that. And you just kind of like let it run its course. And I just kept playing them and playing them. Now, as for where I would like to see them go, I, I, I don't know. Because I, I, I'm, I'm kind of fine with sort of where things are right now because I'm playing a lot of old stuff. So I'm not really paying attention to a lot of the new as of right now, because I feel like there's so many shmups out there that I've never played. Like I've never I've never played Radiant Silver Gun. I've never played it, but I've heard tons about yeah. it. I've heard it so good. And yesterday, for the first time in my life, because uh, a lot of my friends and, and especially you and every, you know, that has been on a previous podcast has talked about a game called Dangan Feverin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I played I played that yesterday and I was like, what is this disco-ness on my screen? <laughs> like <laughs> it's so it's so weird, but you you, you want to play it and the bullets are like super fast. Like you never Yeah, it's like Psycho. Yeah. It's really it's it, it's a it's a neat, funky looking game. Was that game yes, made it by is. Cave? It's a cave game. I, I I knew it. I was like, man, Cave must have been on some serious moves <laughs> when they made this. Like I, you know, I would love to see more games either like that or me personally, I'm waiting for it, but I would like to, another release of a game called um, Einhander. Oh, yeah, that's a cool one. I played that game when I was a kid and I can't for, for under 100 bucks. Like, <laughs> you're going to pay a premium for that. Game. You know why? Because it's why a Square Enix game. That's why. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, of course. I, I was watching. I, I, I just thought about that game the other day and I Google like not Google it, uh, YouTube it. And that game was really cool looking yeah. at the time. It was really cool looking. The way the camera would shift at certain points of boss fights. And it was just really cool, man. You know, I, I, would, I would love to see another game. 
Well, awesome, man. It's been fun having you on. Do you have any final topics you want to talk about or final thoughts before we head out? I, I did okay. have one. I did have one. I ha- I, it's, it's actually a question for you only because like, I feel like I would love to hear this. What is your, because I feel like there's probably more people that probably listen to this that would like to know, but like your journey, like how'd you get better at shmups in general? Because I'm wondering if everybody has kind of like the same kind of journey. Sure. Yeah. I guess, okay, to give the full story now that I'm an established podcaster, so maybe people might might be a little <laughs> more interested to hear the full story. Okay, right? so the full story is that I spent four years playing Street Fighter Four and being a competitive Street Fighter player, and then Street Fighter Four died, and Street Fighter Five sucked. So I was like, right. okay, what do I do now? And so I got into other fighting games, but in addition, there was a weird period where I was like, I don't feel like playing fighting games for a year. I didn't really play many fighting games, but I felt like I want to play a really hard, fun, challenging game, Metal Slug. So I played Metal Slug and played a bunch of Metal Slug and got a 1cc in Metal Slug on Final Final Burn Alpha. And just by coincidence, Dodonpachi also runs on Final Burn Alpha. And so I was like, ah. Yes. Does it now? Yeah, oh, I so I was that. like, hmm, maybe I'll play something else on Final Burn Alpha, and DDP was an option, so I played DDP, and I just got hooked by, you know, what is it? I mean, such nice. a fantastic game. And <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> and yes, so, it is. the way I improved, my journey to improvement was, my first goal was to try and clear the game, and I didn't know that was going to be a year and a half journey clearing or getting a one all in DDP, but it was for me. And I ended up using a lot of save states. Like that's why I promote save states a lot on the podcast is because that was how I improved at that game where basically what I'd do is I'd play a stage. And then once I was really comfortable with clearing that stage, I'd try to move forward. And then whenever I got to a part in the stage where I died consistently, I'd make a save state before that part and just try to hammer out what I was going to do to get through that part. And then ah, the next, okay. like, you know, the next minute or two, that the next time I'd die, I'd save state, hammer out that part, and then continue forward. And then when I got sick of doing that, I would go back and play the stages that I was more comfortable with. So the routine, I still do this now. The, my practice routine is whenever I pick up a new game, what I'll first do is just kind of credit feed for a while for maybe a couple playthroughs to kind of get a feel for what what's mm-hmm. ahead of me. And then right. I'll start with stage one and usually just clear stage one without any issues. Or in some cases, maybe stage one boss is tricky. I'll make a safe state and practice the boss and then go on to stage two. And then whenever I'll just keep playing and whenever I go to a part that I am having trouble surviving, I make a safe state just before then. And then I try to hammer it out. And then eventually... Yeah, I practice just stringing it all together to the point where you just really know the game in and out. Right. Yeah. Okay. So save states are huge, huge benefit because if you don't have them, you can use stage select. Like, okay, I'll just practice stage three over and over and over or boss select. Right. But if you don't have stage select or boss select and you're a new shmup player, don't play that game. That's my opinion. Like the Sega mm. Saturn port of Dodonpachi and you want to get into Dodonpachi like and you're a new player i would say no 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 find play a different play the ketsui <laughs> port coming to the ps4 which will right. have save states so you can learn your right. skills better rather than playing the first three stages of Dodonpachi a thousand times and getting pissed off so 
Yeah, that makes sense. That, oh my God, you, 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 I think you just saved me a ton. Yeah, yeah, because I think, I think a problem oh. that a lot of newer players have is when they come into the shmup scene, they play on like original hardware or older hardware, and depending right. on the versions you're playing, you might, you may or may not have the tools you need. The Saturn version of Dodonpachi has no tools for you whatsoever. It's just play the game. But the 360 version of DFK, Dodonpachi Resurrection, has a practice mode, has mm -hmm. a training mode, has stage select, has boss select, has mid-level select. Like, I would say try and get your hands on shmups that are really good that also have those tools available to you to practice with. Because otherwise you're going to be banging your mm. head on a wall for hours and hours and hours replaying the game over Trying and over to and over it again. Out, yeah. So that, that's my advice anyway. Sweet. I'm sure a lot of like newcomers are thankful for that information, including myself. Like I'm start doing that now. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'll find it, it's really helpful. Well, awesome, man. I've had a lot of fun. It's been a really cool episode. Yeah, this, this, yeah, this is this is really fun. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> glad you reached out. And I guess one more thing I want to say to you know the viewers out there, especially the new viewers, is I encourage you to join the Discord for the podcast because the Discord isn't just me talking about like recording the podcast. Like it's got a bunch of really cool players in there, and we all like have pretty relaxed conversations. And it's a little less formal than a forum where if you post something, it's not there forever. You know what I mean? It's just like you know, Discord. I think is a really good place for newcomers to come in and just introduce themselves and talk about whatever you want so well is there would i'd also like you to promote your youtube channel so people can check it out dude oh yeah i should probably do that right <laughs> shin megami talks i just post up whatever i'm feeling that day to be honest with you it doesn't have any type of theme or anything like that it's just it did at first and then it just turned into just like kind of like a, a journal yeah. or just things that i want to put up now well, no problem with that dude oh yeah Shin Megami Talks, guys. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you. Sometimes I dream with open eyes. I dream of falling in.